Thanks for listening to the Just Hit Record podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to like, follow, and subscribe so that you don't miss any of the content that we put out. If you aren't already following us on Instagram, make sure to go do that at Just Hit Record Podcast. In today's episode, episode three, we will be talking about music theory and reality. How do we take the theory of music and put it into everyday worship leading? Thanks for listening to Just Hit Record. We are back with episode three today. We are back. Uh, it's been it's been really cool to see uh, and hear from everybody that's been listening to the podcast. Um, we've had a couple of different people reach out, um, and we really appreciate your positive feedback. We also appreciate you know uh, constructive criticism too. Absolutely, uh, I think I like that more. Yeah. Well, like if you're mean, I I probably <laughs> won't listen to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're mean, I'll be mean back. Um, type thing. But we do appreciate uh, the kind words that people have uh, talked, had said to us yeah. about um, the different things. Um, and we're, you know, we're just kind of like the name is really what we, uh, what we do. We just hit record yeah. and we kind of go with it. Um, so it's really cool to hear just uh, the the response from people about what yeah. what we talk about because a lot of times it's just us rambling. Yeah, a lot. I think, I, I mean, I listened back on the first episode. Um, the second episode, we were more collected in our in our dialogue, and we were kind of poised well. But the first episode, I, I mean, I was, yeah, I was all over the place. I was like, Caleb, why, why did you say that? Why are you talking like the way you're talking right now? Why are you the way that you are? But I also, I don't really like hearing my voice back. So I, I want to criticize myself and I want to, but then like, and I want to, I want to listen to myself and see where I w- can grow. But then I just, I freaking hate hearing my voice and I'm like, dude, yeah. come on. No, I totally get that. So I just think about it. And then when I get here, I'm just like, where did all this stuff go? Like, I, I don't remember anything that I was going to grow in. And so I, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about music theory, which, um, as much as I hated music theory classes in college, being a music ed major, we had to take four years of uh, written and oral music theory. Mm-hmm. And it was, I had to go through the four, well, it's not four years, it was four classes, but um, I was actually able to test out of theory one and two written, but I had to go through all the aural, um, A-U-R-A-L, oh. that aural, like it's, it's, it's hard being a southerner. Um, <laughs> but that kind of music theory where it's listening, you're identifying chords and things, yeah. um, learning how to sight sing, that was, that was all a lot of fun and very difficult at times. Yeah. Um, but you know, how do we take something that, um, you know, isn't really talked about as much anymore? How do we take that and how do we use that in our, in worship leading? Right. Um, my, well, here's a disclaimer. I am not the best musical type like I'm not the best when it comes to um music like my the only amount of like knowledge that I have is from senior year of high school yeah and choir so like and I mean I was sight reading all that stuff but like honestly like I have forgotten all that by now 
um, bless it, amen, um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, that's just my disclaimer right now, is I am not the best when it comes to that stuff, um, but when you're, like, Nathan Bradbury, and you're just a musical prodigy, and can play any instrument, yeah. like, I mean, it just comes easy when you're in your secret place, and it just flows out of you that you're playing triads instead of chords, I mean, it's the same thing, triad, like, yeah, I don't call chords. chords triads, but, I mean, that, I mean, that just goes to show that I'm not, I'm not there, I don't, I don't meet your level of, well, <laughs> of excellence and okay, But you music also have theory. to remember, like... You did go to s- school for it, I went and to I did not go to college, so... Or music education, so you would hope that I would have walked yeah. out with a little bit of that. And I'm glad you, glad so you know all that <laughs> stuff. It makes me it's sick, because you are a master at every instrument, and I can only play three chords on guitar. I <laughs> that is, that is a bold-faced <laughs> lie. Um, you know, and... Part of, again, part of that degree was being able to at least be slightly, not even proficient. Proficient is the wrong word. You had to play on different instruments for what felt like not enough time to actually do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like I wanted to learn how to play the cello, but they gave me the bass. Right. Um, And then they gave me the violin, which, you know, is what it is for like string methods. Um, But... The the theory, like, some of it is based in when you understand basic principles and you have a good understanding of just music theory, it's easy to think through how to do it. Like, I, I have a feeling that, feeling that if you tried to pick up a, a, gu- uh, uh, a guitar, you play guitar, if you were to pick up a violin or a cello, I think you'd be able to play it a lot yeah. easier than I would because you've played guitar. And essentially, it's a fret instrument without the frets already there. Yeah. So, um, And a lot of string playing, too, is based on ears. But um, right. that was kind of a rabbit trail, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> so with music theory, um, I think it's super important for as a – if you are the leader of your – worship team, if you are the band leader or if you are just like the music pastor, I think it's absolutely important that you have a good understanding of music theory um, and that you teach your team some of the basics so that you can help communicate quickly what you're doing. Um, Example. Real quick, real quick. Break down music theory. Like for the people who are listening and are kind of new to this and are leading but and have a team but don't really know where to go um, music-wise or how to grow music-wise, break down music theory in its simplest form because I don't want to talk three hours about it. And that's why I would have – that's why I was not a good teacher is because I was already like three steps ahead. Right. Um, so music theory is the understanding of how music works. Okay. Not to the si- – not to the level of like physics and that kind of thing, but understanding what are notes, mm-hmm. what are rhythms, what are chords, how they fit together, how they fit together. Um, okay. Understanding that, for example, in a major chord, the third of the chord has to be slightly sharp, and the um, root and the fifth of the chord has to be the fifth in the chord has to be slightly flat in order for it to sound in tune. And you would think, no, just play the note in tune and then it would work. But it when you do that, I actually might be wrong. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. The music prodigy I is know. wrong. 
Um, but, you know, things like that, understanding how that works, um, little things like that is just going to help put you at a step above. Um, understanding chords and chord progressions mm-hmm. will help your team adjust quickly if you go into a spontaneous moment or um, you, for example, need to change the key of a song right like during practice and you don't have an opportunity to quickly change it um, if you have printed out chords and you don't have a time to go to a computer yeah. and wait 15 minutes for everything to work. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to kind of talk through some of those things and communicate that with your team. Um, it also helps, in my opinion, I think it helps reduce practice time in the sense that you don't have to worry about, oh, let me teach you your part because you can practice your part at home. Mm-hmm. You can look at a piece of music um, for me, when I would help uh, in the music department and I would do different things for like a Christmas production and stuff, I didn't have to spend a whole bunch of time at home running through my part, learning the intervals because I could eventually sight sing and I could just do that during practice. Right. Um, and being well rounded in that knowing keys, knowing notes, knowing chord progressions, knowing timing, that can really help. And this is what I wanted to hit on later um, in the episode is. Um, when we go into spontaneous moments, like being well-rounded in the musical part of it will help you so much. Like as a team, um, knowing just where you're going, like having a good grip on on just like like we said, like how it meshes, how it fits yeah. together and all that stuff. So, so music theory. Cool. <laughs> music theory. So the one of the very big things that I tried to teach our students was keys Mm -hmm. and how they're related. Um, For example, we have um, the week that we're recording this, the set list that we have um, key-wise goes from A to E-flat to B-flat. Now, what's really cool is um, transitioning those or transitioning keys is not going to be that difficult, like between songs. Um, but knowing what your keys are and what works, you know that going from A to D flat is a no-no because there's a tritone interval there. Um, an interval is the distance between one note and another. Mm-hmm. So A to D flat is a tritone, which is um, basically halfway through a scale from note to note. And um, and it's it was nicknamed, nicknamed the devil's tritone because it sounds awful. Um, and so knowing those things, like looking to see what, what keys are relative, what keys are related to each other, um, E flat and B flat are relative keys because they have a lot of similarities. Knowing some of those things will help you plan the transitions between songs a lot better. Um, like that's one thing that I, one thing that you need to kind of keep in mind is instead of just doing random keys and random songs like what can you do to allow the the transition keys to be uh, have a smooth transition how it help it help it flow quickly um even if a song um even if you don't typically do a song in a certain key could you stretch your team could you push them to challenge them to sing it maybe in a key that's a little lower or a little higher than what's mm-hmm. normal and change it up to where it would actually allow a little bit more of a f- of a flow right. if that makes sense. And I think sacrificing the original key of of a song to make the keys fit together better, I think that's absolutely worth it because 
I mean, you don't always have to sing a s- sing the song in the same exact key every single time. Like, if I'm gonna lead a song, I'm not gonna sing it or in a girl's key. Like, I'm not gonna sing it just an octave lower, just so yeah. I can keep the original key. You know, right? Um, but yeah. And I mean, if you're also, you know, a lot of Carrie Job stuff, it's just not. It's oh yeah, not I in an easy key. Period. Yeah. It's just she has a very unique voice, and so. I'm gonna change this song to fit, um, fit the the lead vocals voice a lot better. Or, and in our case, especially as we minister and help lead students, um, playing an E flat is just a difficult key to play in. Absolutely. Um, and I don't just force them to play in that key all the time, or um, F sharp, or something that's a very difficult key that they're not used to playing. Um, I'm I'm going to give them a little bit of time in preparation to work. Because it's just playing piano, like playing an F sharp, is just not yeah. fun. Um, like if you c- can bump that up to G or bump E flat down to D, like I or mean, or up to E even. Right. I mean those those two changes, and but like there's not really a lot of songs that are actually like written in those keys. But then you do find those ones that you really love, and they're they're in the like worst key possible. Elev- elevation writes a lot. Do they? Yeah. Rattle, Here Again. Isn't um, uh, Here's in Heaven in that key? Here's in, in Heaven might be in D. But you start to deal with a lot of that. Um, who You Say I Am is written in F sharp. Ugh. Yeah. Which, it's still a good key, but realistically for your team, is that going to be the best key? Yeah. You can move it down to F, or you can move it up to G um, mm-hmm. if your vocalist can do that. And a lot of teams actually move it up to G. Because they have a vocalist that can hit some of the higher parts of the song. Right. Um, something that's super important for vocalists is being able to read a piece of sheet music and knowing what the notes are. Right. So, like, knowing what your scale is, knowing sharps and flats and how does that sound. And some of this, I, I, will, pr- I will say that some of this is difficult and requires practice and requires work. And it doesn't take precedence over just listening and hearing the part but if you can match if you can line up what you hear with what's on a page you're going to open up doors of possibilities with your team Mm -hmm. Um, we had a student that was really great at listening to a, a song a piece of music and playing it but really struggled to read chord charts and really struggled to read sheet music like really bad but if we c- we were trying to help bridge that gap of what they hear and then tying it into what they see to help open the doors for that person to be even better at what they do. Because that's, that's really the goal of doing music theory is helping yeah. you do the best that you can. Just sitting here like talking about it, I'm like, why do I need to know how to sight read? Why do I need to know these different notes? Why do I need to know... What an interval is like. Why, why, um, and like, that's just it to excel, to hone your craft, and it's not even just to be better. It's to glorify God. Like, and yeah. like, that's that's my thing with it. Is like, if I can be good at this, and if I can be better, like, I'm not gonna do it just for myself. I'm gonna do it for the Lord. And to, if it, I mean, besides myself, I mean, if it's gonna benefit the team, if it's gonna benefit the church setting, if it's gonna like make 
like the experience of the worship set or that type of thing. If it's gonna make that better, then I'm. I mean, I'm gonna go all full. Yeah. Like I'm gonna go all in with it. Um, and I'm not. I mean, honestly, like I'm not gonna sit here and tell everybody that's listening that I look at sheet music all the time and I like practice it and all this stuff. I don't like. But when I get into situations where I'm leading with a different team who only uses sheet music and like I don't really know the song whatever they just put me up there for some reason um being well-rounded in in every every area is something is one of my goals is just to be be good at um my job like just do do my job well and do it to glorify the Lord and that that's really what it's all about um yeah I mean even something as simple as the warm-ups um Leading the chapel, um, chapel worship team for the school, um, we do a warm up where we do thirds. We do the interval of a third, mm-hmm. major thirds. And so when we do it, we do it within a key. Well, it's not major thirds because it's within a key, so there's actually some minor thirds. But um, we've we expanded into fourths, into fifths, and even as far as into sixths of an interval. And they're like, they kind of were like, why are we even doing this? And I said, because if you can hear that when I practice, like when we go through a, a harmony or go through a melody and you hear that jump, you're able to do it easier. You have begun, you've begun to practice with those muscles. You've begun to use those muscles already. So jumping and doing some of those intervals there are a lot easier. Um, and that's something that I really stress to them, understanding where the break in your voice is which that's not really music theory, but like warming up and knowing where your range is and being able to practice that and work through that helps you be a better mm-hmm. um, a better musician, but also a better leader when it comes to worship. Um, so what this is just like a, re- a preference question. What do you prefer using uh, numerals or numbers? So like in chord, so <laughs> explanation, the yeah. co- chords, you can put a chord progression, um, the chords that you play in a song that match a progression, you can put them in Roman numerals, or mm-hmm. you can use the Nashville number system, which is just like oh normal okay. normal numbers. Um, Roman numerals, so like, which w- let me, before I explain, what do you, what do you prefer? I like the Nashville number system because, I mean, it's modern. I don't like counting or write down numbers in Roman numerals anymore. I mean, I did when I was, like, taking notes in history class, but, like, for me, visual visually, like, the Nashville number system, I'm locked in. And plus, I w- that's what I was taught when I was in ninth grade leading worship with my youth pastor. Um, like, he taught me that, and so I've just, like, it's, like, in it's in my brain forever, and yeah. I'll never forget it, so... So in music theory classes, we use Roman numerals okay. because that's a little bit more it's sophisticated yeah. and whatever. Um, I would highly suggest the Nashville number system unless you have a lot of highly trained musicians that already use the, n- the numeral system. Like if they know that, you need to do whatever is best for your team. You mm-hmm. under you as the leader understand your culture a lot better than we do. Um, as we sit in a recording studio in Memphis, Tennessee, you are in a completely different culture. Um, you might be dealing with professional musicians that know numerals. Yeah. Um, or you might be dealing with a group of people that are learning how to play their instrument. 
So that's up to you. Um, it's easier to throw up fingers for numbers. Um, and so the, the s- really the difference is just on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to say I, I kind of moved more towards um, the national number system too just because it's easier. It looks a lot cleaner. I'm not having to like translate in my head essentially what right. that looks like. Um, and the reason I the reason I bring this up is this is super important for those spontaneous moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I can look at I can look at Caleb from across the stage and go four one five six. And I just did the number four with my fingers one five and then six. I did my thumb mm-hmm. instead of having to do two hands. I can just do six with that. And then if I do, we don't ever play seven, but if we did seven, it would be like a hand a finger gun sort of thing um but you could do five over seven if you wanted to throw in that little little saucy chord um but i can look at caleb do those chords play it in that key and he knows he can figure that out easily knowing the chords within a key is also necessary when you're doing that um like it's if you don't know it learn it like that is that is one of my like you know, hacks to, like, spontaneous moments also, and, like, honestly, to music. Like, when I'm, I honestly just ask Nathan sometimes, what key are we in? And, like, he'll just throw up his hands and tell me what chords to play. Um, Like, and it's, it's something that's universal for, I mean, every instrument, obviously. So, for example, in a major key, all right, if Mm -hmm. we're playing in A major, really any major key, the one ki- the one chord, the four chord, and the five chord are major mm-hmm. every time. The two chord, the three chord, and the six chord are all minor. Mm-hmm. The seventh chord is diminished every single time. Okay, mm-hmm. diminished chord is a minor third and a minor fifth and a diminished fifth. I'm not doing that good. I apologize. Please don't kill me, Doctor Heinz or <laughs> Doctor Oros. Um. <laughs> A is a diminished fifth, or Mr. PQ. Mr. PQ, you know, he, he probably heard that one. Mr. PQ, um, he's yeah, gonna get you. Yeah, he's gonna he gonna get you anyway. <laughs> um, so like, the a major chord is a major third and a perfect fifth. Mm-hmm. A minor chord is a minor third and a minor fifth. Um, and the the those triads are defined by the type of third and the type of fifth. So in in each chord or in each key, I know. Which chords are major? I know which chords are minor. Yeah. Most of the time, you're going to stick with one, four, five, and six. Those are the four chords you're going to mostly s- stick with. Every now and then, somebody will throw in a two. Um, maybe a th- I mean, three is becoming more and more um, uncommon. And then you'll have like a one over three or a five over seven, um, which is just you have to know um, those are just inversions of that chord right. where the – the root of the chord is no longer the root. It's one of the other notes in the chord. So like a E chord, the root is E. When you have an E over G sharp, the G sharp then becomes the lowest note. So it's an inversion. It's no longer mm-hmm. in its root position. Yeah, and knowing these things, again, makes it so much simpler unless you're like a crazy person who can just play by ear. Um, my grandmother was that way. Like she like had this crazy experience with God when she was three years old three like 
three years old. And she ends up playing the piano um, ridiculously good all her life. And, like, she wouldn't know what key she's playing in. She just hears it and plays it. And, like, her mom would be like, you're playing this note. And so she'd be like, okay, and then go with it. And, like, you can feel those chords. You know mm-hmm. where you're going when you know what key you're in. And, I mean, when you know those inversions, too. Those are Those are another, like, trick that you can learn. Like, when I'm, like, leading on piano sometimes, which is very rare, but, like, I'll cheat with that all day. Inversions. Oh, it's so easy because oh you can, you can, I can go from a one. So I, I can create my own chord progression by doing this. This is one that I do all the time. One, two, one over three, four. Then you can throw in like the six, five. And right there, you're not just sticking with like, the boring, I'm going to play four chords over and over and over while the pastor talks. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing in something else. And I will say, I am th- I am not the expert at all when it comes to music theory. Right. I, I see a lot of times um, in Kojic churches um, and more predominantly black churches, I see that their understanding of theory is so much different than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and like they, people that play very freely in like gospel music, in that genres, that that specific genre of Christian music, it absolutely blows my mind how they can just uh, and a lot of a lot of people that play um, in in predominantly black churches, a lot a lot of people play by ear more than they do by reading music, right. um, and that's just like kind of the tradition traditional way um, that they that they've learned, mm-hmm. um, and e- jazz musicians are a lot a lot that way. They're very aural based musicians and they like the way they play absolutely confounds my mind but i'm sure that the way that i play probably messes with their mind too um and so that's really really cool to see even even something as simple like we're going oh yeah this is totally how you could do it um there's still a lot of other ways that you can play um and utilize theory in what you do i will say like on that like, there is so much you can do. I mean, it's endless with, and I, I even thought about that one time. Like, there's an endless amount of notes that you can play um, together to make a song. Like, there's, it's it's endless. You don't have to use four chords every single time. Here's the thing, though. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm there with you, Nathan. But, like, <laughs> simplicity is where it's at a lot of the time, too. So, like, if you're... If, like, somebody's up on the stage and we're closing out the night, I'm not going to, like, sit there and play, like, funky chords and stuff to, I don't know. But, like, I mean, I'll play the same four chords. And um, I think that's where we diverge, honestly. Like, and, and I mean, I get it. Like, there is legit endless amounts of yeah. things you can experiment with. Um, but here's my question. Um, like, experimenting... Or not even a question. It's more of it's a statement. Experimenting should not be done in a worship set or altar call moment. Like, and I learned that the hard way. Like, I when I was in high school, I'll tell the story. Or just be subtle. Um, I'm super subtle when I experiment. Dude, <laughs> I am not though. I am so not. I want to sound cool. I, I want to be hear the your best. Story, though. Here's my story. Like, my youth pastor also, Drew Hawkins. If you're listening, man, I love you and I miss you. Um, talk daddy for life. Um, so 
he told me, he even told me this. He he was like, Caleb, you're a great guitar player, but you don't need to play all these crazy things when, like, we're closing or when there's an altar time. Like, play the chords. So I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm so tempted. I'm, I'm playing his Mexican telly, and I'm, I'm like, dude, I really want to just, like, just fiddle with, like, maybe a pentatonic scale. And sure enough, like, I'm doing it, and it sounds good for a little bit. And, like, I look at Drew, and, I mean, he's not, like, really looking at me or making any faces and telling me to stop playing. So I just keep going. And, like, I don't think – nobody remembers this except me because, I mean, I'm the one who messed up. But, like, there was just this moment where it just sounded like heaven was in the room. And then I play a wrong note. Dude. Dude. I, I Man, I tore myself up over that. Like, then I start to realize, man, Drew told me not to do that. Like, I would have saved myself so much embarrassment if I would have just did what he said. But, like, I mean, if you want to experiment, experiment not on the stage. Like, save yeah. yourself embarrassment. Don't be like me. Don't be like me either, <laughs> who's, like, subtly trying different things. Like, it, and that's that's really where a lot of your music theory is done in private, like it's right. done in your practice time, and then it comes um, out when you're when you're up there. And that's yeah. that's what ends up being really really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know we m- we talked about a lot of different things today that might have been confusing, and if it was confusing, hey, like let us know. We're gonna leave uh, on Spotify. There's a way to leave a question. So we're gonna leave this specific question. Like, what about what was something today that we said that we need to clarify or we need to explain a little bit more? Um, or maybe you could just, like, you could message us on Instagram. Um, let us know, hey, I didn't really understand this. Or could you talk more about this part of music theory? Because we kind of, like, we kind of touched on different parts, but we didn't really talk about everything. Um, mainly because we don't want to talk for two hours about it. Um, but we just, we really wanted to kind of get a, a overall, like, why music theory is important what you can use music theory for and then just kind of encourage you to to try things it's it's good to to like god created music i don't know if you knew yeah. this but um the way that keys are certain keys evoke certain emotions mm-hmm. so there's I think like we talked about this there's studies time. where like the key of c evokes this like hollow or like this this completion sort of sound mm-hmm. um you know so like there's certain songs that are in certain keys because there's already this uh, emotion behind it like if you're writing i think the like the hallelujah chorus um by handle is like in um is in the key of d because that's such a like glorifying key that's what that is so if you're writing a song that's about glorifying god you might write in d versus like a flat i don't mm-hmm. know you know um, and there's, there are ways you can go re- Google that. That's, you know, yeah. that's a whole thing. But, um, that was, th- anyway, that's just kind of where we were. We wanted to kind of explain that. If you have any questions uh, you want us to clarify, please, um, message us, let us know. We'd love to either spend another episode talking about stuff, um, or just explain a little bit more. Um, so Absolutely. any, you know, any last thoughts, Caleb, before we, before we leave? Not, I mean, I think we covered, I mean, I've covered as much as I can. I mean, because, okay. again, disclaimer, I'm very limited on my knowledge of music theory. Um, but I just want to read the scripture, I mean, and then we can close it out. Yeah. Um, Psalm 50, praise the Lord, praise God in the sanctuary. 
Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with a trumpet sound. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the stringed instruments and flute. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Everything that has breath will praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And like um, I, I read this just to charge whoever's listening, just to challenge whoever's listening. With whatever you have, praise him. Like, it's all for him. It's all to glorify him. With whatever band you're working with, with whatever people you're working with, if they're, like we said, if they're professionals or if they're just starting out learning how to play their instruments, like, use what you can to glorify him and realize it, it doesn't have to be hard. Like, and again, like this episode might have been kind of confusing. and I mean, it was for me, honestly, if I'm going to be real. Um, but... I mean, it doesn't have to be hard. All you got to do is just, I mean, praise him. Um, and, I, like, here's here's the part. Like, almost every episode will we'll do this. Um, just hit record. That's what it's all about. Like, I feel like the overall theme of just hit record is just to let loose the things that are the, on the inside of you to worship, to praise, to lift up the name of Jesus. Like, in, again, whatever capacity, if it's playing an instrument, if it's singing, whatever just hit record just do it just cut the leash just run with it and yeah yeah, that's where we're at yeah we appreciate everyone that's listening and subscribing um maybe we'll we'll look and see if anybody's left a review and we'll read one later i don't know that might be super inflating for our egos i don't know but (laughs) hey like like caleb said you never know what's going to happen until you just hit record we'll see you guys next time 